0: seems like a God impressed upon my heart. You have so many politicians in your country. They don't need you, but I need you to take the gospel to your family who have never heard the gospel. I had a definite call. I need to go tell them about Jesus.
1: Our first person guest now is Korean pastor and evangelist, Dr. Billy Kim whose life story begins when he was a young boy during the Korean War. Welcome to this week's program. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for tuning in. Our goal is to introduce you to people whose lives have been transformed by Christ and then learn how God calls and equips them to serve Him in a unique way. Anytime you'd like additional information about today's guest or any past guest, please visit FirstPersonInterview.com. You can also listen to this program on demand when it fits your schedule by using our smartphone app, First Person Interview. Look for it in your app store. There's a link to the app on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Dr. Billy Kim is one of the world's great Christian leaders. He's a pastor and evangelist, and he leads the Far East Broadcasting Company in Seoul, which reaches not only South Korea, but into North Korea and the countries of Northeast Asia. This interview was originally broadcast in 2015 at the release of his autobiography, The Life of Billy Kim. At that time, we met at a hotel in Nashville to talk about his life and humble beginnings.
0: The Korean War, 1950. I was 16 years old, and uh, I didn't even know war started Hmm. until I went to Seoul, tried to get into entrance examination for high school. Mm -hmm. I heard all kinds of machine gun, and uh, boy, there was uh, airplanes coming over and I found out the Korean started war. And then soon after, that's it, June 25, 1950. But around first part of July, U.S. troops already coming into Korea. Mm-hmm. I guess General MacArthur sent it from the occupation troop from Tokyo. And uh, then my school was bombed. So this disrupted whole school system. So, Nick's best thing to do is go around Army camp, get some chocolate candy bars from American soldiers. <laughs> you were entrepreneurial, huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> they are very good about throwing away some candy bars and chewing gums huh. and sometimes sea rations. So, when the war started, everything disrupted. The food, supply, trains not running. And uh, finally, I got a job with the 24th Division in American military, they came first to Korea to stop the communist invasion.
1: Now, you're high school age, so you're what, 15, 16, 16 years old. Okay. Yeah, when well,
0: right. war started, I was 15, and then uh, started going over 16. You know, that's next best thing to do is go with an American soldier, get plenty to eat, and save some cigarettes and soaps, and, and you could sell in the market. Mm-hmm. So there I met Sergeant Carl Powers from uh, Virginia, near Bristol, Virginia. One day he asked me a question, would you like to go to America? Who won? (laughs) Dream of every Korean teenager. They want to see this great country. What prompted him to ask that question? That was interesting. You know, there's so many houseboys, but he was a wonderful man. He doesn't smoke, he doesn't drink, and he doesn't run around with uh, women Mm -hmm. during the war. And somehow, there's so many houseboys, he singled out. He said, you want to go to America? I think he watched me very closely. I was diligent in my work. I didn't steal anything from the American soldiers. And I did whatever they tell me to do, wash the socks, the shines, the boots, and clean their muskets. And uh, very, very faithful. I think he observed that. So I told him I would like to go, but I thought he was just saying it. Yeah. Then he showed me Bob Jones' university application.
1: Now, that's kind of surprising because as I read your book, he's not a believer at this point, is no, he? No,
0: he was a good man, but he's not church-going you know, people yet.
1: Why did he choose Bob Jones? He
0: didn't know what school. So he asked his adjutant, Major Parker, I want to send this houseboy to school in America. But somehow he felt some private school, give some private tutoring will help his English. So the Major Parker said— I heard old man Bob Jones speaking somewhere. He said, he's starting some kind of school. That school sounds like a good-for-your-house boy. Huh. So he wrote a Bob Jones University in Cleveland, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But schools already moved to Greenville. Oh, okay. So letter followed to Greenville. They wrote and sent the application. And uh, Sergeant Powers said, you sign right here. So I signed my name. And he filled in everything. And finally, I got acceptance letter, Carl showed me. And I got scared. I didn't want to come. <laughs> cannot speak English. I'm baby in the family. Yeah.
1: What did your, your family think of the idea of you leaving them for America?
0: Well, they, my mother was against it, and uh, my oldest brother was against it. So I told him I didn't want to go. He said, why? I said, I cannot speak English. I'm still young, small. My mother will not let me go because I'm the baby in the family. Sergeant Powers said, "You could learn English when you go to America. If you could eat a lot of cheese and <laughs> drink a lot of milk, you could grow up." Why don't I go your home, get permission from your mother? He got a jeep and interpreter. Told me get on the jeep, so I got on the jeep. They drove to my house. My older brother and my mother, Sergeant Powers with the interpreter, asking my mother permission to take her youngest boy to the United States. And finally, my mother said, after listening all the conversation, she said, I'm getting old. What about I don't get to see him before I die? He won't come back. Sergeant Power said, ma'am, I believe you will live 15 more years. And when my mother heard that, she said, go, hey, take him. <laughs> So, make a long story short. You know, the uh, Korean military, unless you serve in the army, they won't let you go out of the country. Mm-hmm. But I was sixteen, too young to serve in military.
1: There had Sergeant, to be a lot of paperwork involved,
0: right? Oh, a lot of people. So, Sergeant Powers took me. Our government was in Busan. because it had been moved so, because of the war. The Seoul was right. yeah. already overtaken by the communists. Yeah. He went to American Embassy, he went to Foreign Ministry, he went to Educational Ministry, he went to the National Defense Ministry, everywhere. And finally, his sincerity proved those people that they give me my passport, my visa. <laughs> 1951, November, I left on the boat from Pusan to San Francisco, and he bought me a boat ticket. That's about $408 that time. It's a
1: major investment. Then he
0: gave me $100 to go from San Francisco to his home in Virginia. I saved up about $30 U.S. currency from American soldiers. So I had $130. You know, he gave me a little name tag on my Army uniform. It says, to whom it may concern. Send this boy to Route 1, Box 75, (laughs) Dant, Virginia.
1: He put that right on your clothes. Yeah. If
0: I get lost, just tell him, show this oh, to American people.
1: Well, me, I'm going to ask you to pick up the story there in a moment, but looking back on it, was it God? I mean, what prompted him to do what he did? He was not a believer. You were not a believer at no. that time. But you think God was orchestrating your entire life at that point.
0: I think, Emi, uh, God had some plan, not knowing what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think Sergeant Powers knew it. He just saw he wanted to help some poor Korean boy, get an education. That's a
1: good lesson for all of us, isn't it?
0: Just one man. He went beyond the call of duty. Evidently, Sergeant Power sent a cable to his lieutenant friend. friend uh, so Sergeant
1: Power stayed in Korea while he, you took the boat to America. Right.
0: What happened, he turned his rotations. You know, after you served 12 months, your time to come home. He turned it down six rotations down in order that my paperwork could be completed and his mother, you know, every day so many soldiers have been killed in the yeah, Korean War. Sure. She said, You could bring that house boy during the peacetime. You may get killed. Come mm. home. Mm. But he turned it down so he could see that I'm safely on my way to U.S. That's amazing. So he sent cable to Rutenheim. I remember he used to, you know, drink quite a bit and play poker in the evening. I would go downtown, buy egg and f- fry for him, uh, scramble. And uh, so he came to meet me on the boat because Sergeant Power sent him the cable that Billy Kim was on a certain boat arriving approximately this day. So I went with him to his home for about three weeks. They are Catholics. So I went every Mass. You know, I came before Christmas, a couple, three days before Christmas. They have a Christmas Eve Mass, Christmas Day Mass, a New Year's Eve Mass, a New Year's Day Mass. This
1: was all new for you then? Uh, everything's new.
0: I mean, we were blackout in Korea because during the war. When I came to San Francisco, all the neon signs and uh, Christmas decoration, you could imagine, just like you stepped in the gates of heaven. <laughs> and I stayed there about three weeks, and Ruttenerheim tried to get a transportation bus for me to go to Virginia. But ticket agent won't sell me the ticket because I cannot speak English, and I may get lost when I exchange the bus. You know, some place in the yeah. Chicago area. Yeah, they didn't want
1: to be responsible for you getting lost. You right. Understand. So
0: they said, "Let's go sit train." And the, you know, basically, they did the same thing. We have to change train a couple of times. So he said, "How much money you have?" I said, "I got a thirty dollars, hundred and thirty dollars." He said, there won't be enough to fly cross country." Then he looked at me. He said, "You look small enough to be eleven years old compared to American children." At that time, you're under 12, you get half fare. (laughs) So he got me half fare. If they ask you how old you are, just tell them you don't understand English. (laughs) So I flew cross-country, and Sergeant Powers' brother met me at the airport and drove me down to his home in Virginia. Hmm. Then I met all his uncle and aunt, and then he took me. Sergeant Powers came on military. Okay. So he came— Because I was in three weeks in California. He came about
1: a couple days ahead of me. So he took me to Bob Jones. The life of Dr. Billy Kim will continue this conversation coming up in just a moment on today's First Person. This is Ed Cannon, president of the Far East Broadcasting Company. FEBC partners with First Person to bring these interviews to you each week because we never tire of hearing how God moves on the hearts of people to accomplish His purpose, whether in the hard-to-reach places of the world or right here at home. We serve a living God who leads men and women to do great things for Him. Learn more about FEBC at FirstPersonInterview.com. Click on the FEBC banner. My guest today on First Person is Dr. Billy Kim and we're talking about his life story today and i know we have to skip an awful lot dr kim it's in your book so i'm going to have to skip some things but yes, i w- come to the point where you're now enrolled in high school at bob jones academy but you're still not a christian no
0: i didn't have any school record because my school was bombed all the records gone so i said i started 10th grade when war broke out so they put me 9th grade and then i got homesick i had the three college roommates they helped me, you know, my homework and mm-hmm. all that. Then there's another fellow, Jerry Major from Pennsylvania. One day came to my room, open John 3.16, talked to me about the Lord. You know, that's a very, very new. I've never heard of before. And uh, he said, if you trust Christ, He give you peace. He take away your homesickness. He give you purpose in life. You know, he just telling me all about how to become a Christian. When I heard him, you know, that sounds great. And one th- question I asked, I was so homesick. I said, if I accept Christ, would Christ take away homesickness? He said, he not only take away homesickness, he give you far greater joy and peace and purpose in life. So I told him I like to accept Christ. He said, let's kneel down to receive Christ. We knelt down on a bunk bed, asked me to pray to receive Christ. I told him I didn't know how to pray. He said, can you pray it in Korean? I said, I'll try. I said, God, I'm a sinner. Please forgive my sins. Come into my heart. When I finished praying in Korean, he prayed in English. When he finished, he put his arms around me. He said, I don't understand what you said. <laughs> but we have a God who understands Korean as well as Amen. English language. Yep. There I was converted, accepted Christ, finished high school, I want to study political science. Go back to Korea, become a politician, because I don't want to be poor the rest of my life. Our family was so poor. Seems like a God impressed upon my heart. You have so many politicians in your country; they don't need you, but I need you to take the gospel to your family who have never heard the gospel. So you, so, you, you had a call. I had a definite call. I had a no inkling that I'm going to be a. Minister.
1: Did you wrestle with that call? Did it come easily it for a you? It was, so it was clear. It was so clear it was... so clear
0: because after I got converted, knowing that my mother, my three brothers, older brothers, older sister, my, I have many nephews, nieces, they're not a Christian. Hmm. I need to go tell them about Jesus. So I went into university to prepare for the ministry.
1: When did Trudy come along, by the way?
0: Well, she was in high school. Her brother... Older brother graduated Bob Jones. Her s- older sister graduated from Bob Jones. Her younger brother came, so she wanted to come to Bob Jones. She came to high school, and uh, she was dating Bob Jones
1: III. Is that right? Academy. You must have swept her off her feet.
0: I don't think so. I think they, they, they got broke up. He was dating oh, okay. somebody else. So I moved in. We dated four years. Huh. And, uh, and how
1: many years of marriage now?
0: Uh, now 54 years. Wow. She came to Korea, never once said, let's go back to the United States. Is that right? You know, Korea uh, was so poor yeah. when we got there. Yeah. But she felt that uh, she could dedicate her life yeah. to support her husband for the ministry. Wow.
1: Well, again, there is so much more to this story we have time to talk about today. It's in the book, but I want to talk specifically about the Far East Broadcasting Company. You have led FEBC Korea for how many years? Oh, maybe about pretty close to 40 years. Where, how did it start? What, what was the beginning point?
0: Team radio, team mission had a radio, and I did broadcast there, the Young People Program. One day, David Wilkinson from Tokyo, who is in charge of FEBC Okinawa, Tokyo, they had a station. One day he came to Korea. We went Bob Jones Academy, Bob Jones University together. So you know each same, other, same okay. same graduating class. David said, "Billy, we need the help to relocate FEBC station in Okinawa because it's been Okinawa has been reverted back to Japan, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to foreign radio broadcasting out of uh, Okinawa to China. So is
1: this a shortwave station?
0: They had uh, medium medium wave, wave station. AM, we would call yeah. it. Okay they said it's 100,000 watt and the closest point to China is uh, Jeju Island. Hmm. You know, only about a couple hundred miles. So I didn't know anything about radio. So I went to my congressman, Congressman Lee. I said, U.S. the uh, radio station Okinawa. They want to move to Jeju. Can you help me to get license? He didn't know anything about radio either. He said, let me introduce you, party chairman. So I went to see him. He happened to be a Christian. And I said, if you have this radio station broadcasting gospel to North Korea, that's better than one division, army division <laughs> of U.S. force in Korea. He took my word, went to see president, and he asked President Park, we ought to ask them to come into Jeju Island. Well, that's a lot of process. And so they gave me a permission to build 250,000 watt station. Well, you have to go to ITU, Geneva, Switzerland, to get a permission so you don't interfere with a neighboring yes, country or even boat. You know, they have to send SOS mm-hmm, every now and mm-hmm. then. So I went there. Geneva, our ambassador, is a good friend, so he sent one of his aid, and I got a permission.
1: All right. Now, if I, if I may stop you for a moment. You're doing this without any background in radio no. or experience. No, you're doing this by faith, step by step. No, it's did, a, when you run up against a roadblock, did you pray your way oh, through it? How did you, how did that work?
0: David came because my classmate and I want to help him. I didn't have any inclination running the radio. I was running the church. I was doing evangelism work. So once uh, permission is granted, I call Bob Bowman, U.S. F.E.B.C. President, Bob. Permission is grand. You have any money? He said, we don't have a dime. <laughs> we have to purchase land to put an antenna. Mm-hmm. We have to buy a uh, Bolvering 250,000 watt transmitter. Boy, it cost uh, how many millions of dollars. Mm. And they said they didn't have any money. So I said, well, you better pray. And the money came in. They sent me the money. And, uh, well, they, you know, I didn't know anything about all this engineering. So they bought transmitter they they used to have uh right now it's all digital, but at that time they had one of those uh tubes mm-hmm. and uh they had the six antennas and they they had to have all the guy wire it's
1: very complex
0: oh cost them millions of dollars so lord provided
1: but f e b c didn't balk i mean they oh they 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 had to
0: move from okinawa to somewhere
1: to broadcast okay. to china okay and uh, they
0: need a survey where would be the best to, you know, hit China. So they said, "Can we borrow airplane?" Engineers came. So we prayed and asked God to lead us. So I went to see Air Force Chief of Staff, Korean. You were four, not shy, were you? No, four-star <laughs> general. I said. You know they're gonna build a radio station to broadcast to North Korea and Russia and China. They need airplane, so they gave us his airplane. It's about seven eight passenger airplane. So they brought a Jeju survey and they said that's what we need. So we got up, we went to see the land. Forty three farmers own about four acres of land. So we began to pray. They don't want to sell it. Mm. Finally forty farmers we didn't negotiate because uh, price will go up. Mm-hmm. The county commission from Seoul Central Government said you have to buy that for the FEBC. So secretly, so he negotiated with all the farmers and then three farmers didn't want to sell it. They wanna double the price. <laughs> so we give him double the price. We had about four acres of land there. Mm-hmm.
1: But your vision is Korea and beyond, because you broadcast all in Northeast Asia. Right.
0: And uh, and we get a lot of, lot of response from China through Hong Kong, a lot of response from North Korea. Really? And then Russia and Japan. We get a lot of response from Japan. We turn the antenna beam to east.
1: Okay, so it's steerable. Yeah. yeah.
0: Then we broadcast hour and 45 minutes to Japan. Okay.
1: Isn't it? dangerous for someone to contact you from North Korea? Does it put them at risk? Oh, write, when they
0: listen to our program. When they listen oh, to Oh, yeah. You? Some of them have been executed. Oh. Some of them have been put them into hard concentration camp. They stay on the ground. They are listening. But how We're, do you
1: know they're listening?
0: You see, we have over 20,000 defectors come to South Korea from North Korea.
1: Oh, they bring the news with them.
0: They say, we listen to you. That's give us uh, courage to leave the country, go through China, to Burma, and come down. Huh. So it's been a very encouraging. So we send uh, receivers
1: yeah. to uh, balloons. Balloon. Yeah, I've heard this story, and I want, I want you to confirm these details for me. You actually launch balloons when the winds are favorable with radios attached. Small radio. And you send them into North Korea.
0: Right. And it works. They pick them up <laughs> because it's a hot item. And if they find out from the government, they have to be confiscated. Plus, the border, Chinese-North Korean border, we have a lot of people going to China. And we just put them about 500 radio, and all the soldiers pick them up. <laughs> and they give it to somebody. It's a miracle. And as soon as North Korea is open, our plan is build some radio
1: stations. There's a whole lot more to the story of Dr. Billy Kim And you can read about it in his autobiography, The Life of Billy Kim. We'll place a link to the book on our website, FirstPersonInterview.com. It's a fascinating study of how God uses people from such humble beginnings to serve Him worldwide. If you'd like to listen again or pass the link on to someone else you think might enjoy the conversation you've heard, just go to FirstPersonInterview.com and click the Listen Now button. Next week, our guest will be Tim Kaufman, who, while in full-time ministry, fell victim to depression. The Lord led Tim out and has given him insight into helping others fight this disease. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next time, right here, for First Person.